Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. Uh, we'll start a brand new series called Into the Wild. Into the Wild. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. It's a familiar verse of scripture. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, but those who hope, another translation says, those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How many, that sounds really good to you, right? They're like, I, I need some strength renewed. The, the, the prophet Isaiah uh, in this chapter is, he draws a correlation between two things I think are really interesting. It is your hope and it is your strength. I, I don't know if you ever felt like you ran out of strength before, but, but, but I found this to be true, that my hope is connected to my strength and my strength is connected to my hope. That if I lose hope, oftentimes I lose strength. If I lose strength, it's oftentimes because I've lost hope. I don't know if you've ever been to a sporting event or played in a sporting event where your team is, is behind by a lot. I know probably nobody here, you know, for other people that don't always win all the time. But if you've ever been behind, you can feel as the time gets closer to the end of the game, you can feel the hope begin to leave. And when the hope leaves, you also feel the energy change. You ever felt that? In a stadium, you can just feel it like, oh man, it's over. Sometimes you see athletes, uh, maybe even before the time is up on the clock, leave the field. Leave the court because it's, it's over. Their strength is gone because their hope is gone. And then on the flip side, you ever been in a stadium where, man, you're behind and you start to make a comeback? I'm telling you, there's no greater feeling than when that momentum begins to shift. We used to call it Uncle Mo, momentum. It's like when the, when the momentum, like Uncle Mo just showed up. We'd be on the field and be like, oh man, Uncle Mo's here, Uncle Mo's here. Because when that momentum begins to shift, hope comes. When hope comes, you could be wiped out, exhausted. But when you start thinking, hey, we might win this game. We might win. Strength comes back. And I want to tell you today that your hope is connected to that strength. And if you're lacking strength today, it could be that you've lost hope in the area. It might be the reason you don't have strength on your job is just because you've lost hope in your job. The reason that, that you could be lacking strength in your marriage just could be because you lost hope in your marriage. The reason that you're lacking strength or discipline in your finances could be because you just lost hope in your finances. The two are connected. And the prophet Isaiah says that when we hope in God or we wait on God, then our strength will be renewed like the eagle. Now the next part of this verse is where I want to focus because the, the, this, the name of this series is Into the Wild. Now I have a, I have a reputation, notor I'm notorious for not liking animals. All right? So don't throw anything, don't hate it. I'm actually, in this series, we are actually going into the wild. We are going to actually look at some animals. Some of y'all are like, yay, animals. Not pets, animals. And just take note of where those animals belong. In the wild. Okay, anyways. I'll be answering the questions, do dogs go to heaven? I'm joking, I'm not. Um, that's just between you and your dog, okay? 
But I, I want to look at some animals in the Bible. And I was, I was telling the first service, I, I, didn't, I didn't really actually know if an eagle was an animal or not. Um, because it's a bird, but is that an animal? I was homeschooled. Okay, so, um, so I've been informed birds are animals. We're going to talk about eagles today. And, uh, and, and, and it's interesting because Isaiah, he writes this. He, he says that your strength will be renewed. And then the scripture, it says this. It says they will soar on wings like eagles. They will soar on wings. You know God's plan for you is to soar on wings like eagles. Not, not, not to have to strive, not to have to work at it, but to, to be able to soar on wings like eagles. We're going to look at what that means. But I want you to go to Psalm 148. I'm going to read almost the entire psalm because this is interesting. The Bible says that not just, not just the church should praise God, not just you should praise him, not just I should praise him, but literally all creation gives praise to God. It says Psalm 148, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all his heavenly hosts. Praise him sun and moon. Praise him all you shining stars. Praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For at his command they were created and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. I'm going to tell you, this covering pretty much everything. I mean, we're not talking about like storms, wind, sea creatures, regular creatures, small creatures, big. Everything needs to praise the Lord. My wife needs to hear this message. She's in Prosper today, so hopefully she's paying attention because it says even the, the, the wind praises the Lord. She's like deathly afraid of storms, so I'm just trying to get that fear taken care of. Anyways, wild animals and cattle, small creatures, flying birds, king of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. That's it. it just about covers everything. Everything on earth, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. You know, your Bible says if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. God is not just desiring praise. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of honor. He is worthy of our best worship. He's worthy of our best praise. When we come into a service, he, 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 he deserves more than a half-hearted worship. He deserves more than half-hearted praise. God deserves our best every time, every day, every service. This is why when you come to this church, we worship radically. We worship with our voices, we worship with our hands up, we're expressive, we're passionate. Some people are like, man, that, that church is like a little too much for me. He's worthy of our praise. He's not just worthy of my attendance, although he likes that too. He's worthy of your praise. More than just showing up, getting roll call up in heaven, yep, he's here, that's good. But he's also worthy of your praise. I was, I was reading the scripture about uh, that they will soar on wings like eagles. So I started just studying uh, eagles. It's the first time in my life I've ever studied animals. <laughs> kind of liking them a little more now. But, but the eagle is interesting. Did you know that the eagle, when it's full grown, has a wingspan of nine feet? It's real similar to mine. It, um, <laughs> why are you laughing? Uh, it, 
it's, it, he, he has one of the largest wingspan. He has the largest wingspan of all birds, nine feet. The, the, the eagle can fly at an altitude of 10,000 feet. If you, were going, if you were to go skydiving, that's about the height that you would skydive from. The, 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 the eagle not only can fly at the, at the highest altitude of any other bird, it also dives at speeds of 200 miles an hour. When it sees a fish or it sees a, a, a rabbit or whatever a prey that is after, it will dive bomb that prey for at 200 miles an hour. If you were to dive out of an airplane skydiving, you might reach 130 miles an hour. So with his wings, it propels us up to 200 miles an hour. I'll tell you this, God's creation is incredible. The more you look at it, there is so much value and, and there's lessons even in his creation. And I want to give you a couple today that I believe are going to speak to you. I think it's going to adjust some of your perspective. I think it'll speak to you in your leadership, but also in your spiritual walk. Eagles, they're known for this, using opposition to their advantage. Eagles use opposition to their advantage. Eagles are known for being able to use the wind to propel them. The, 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 the thing that would actually stop other birds is the thing that actually propels eagles. They use opposition to their advantage. Eagles are called the masters of the skies because they have mastered using the wind to propel them forward. They, they, we just talked about this. Their wings are so large that they can actually kill themselves by overexerting themselves. But the, but the trick of the eagle is that he actually doesn't use his, eagle, his, his wings to fly. He actually uses his wings to soar. Because he is a master at capturing the wind and allowing the wind to elevate him with minimal effort on his part and maximum effort on the wind's part. He uses opposition to propel him forward. I'm going to tell you this. is We say this as a church that where there is great opposition, there is great opportunity. And I'm going to tell you whatever you're facing today actually could serve to move you forward if you would stop fighting it and start using it. The eagle knows how to use his, the wind to its advantage. You know, I found with, with a lot of believers is the Christian life and walk, it's, it's labor intensive. We're striving to do good. We're striving to be right. We're striving to be loved. We're striving to receive grace. But the eagle has mastered a concept that I think believers need to master, and it's this. It's I don't have to strive for this. I have to learn how to soar on this. There's a, there's a difference. The Bible says not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Wind is symbolic of the spirit. Spirit is symbolic of the wind all throughout your Bible. Not by might, nor by power, but by my, you could say, wind, says the Lord. Which, which, which means this, is that you, we can't do this in our own strength. We can't do this in our own ability. You did nothing to receive God's love. And this is the great news, you can't do anything to lose God's love. You didn't do anything to get God's grace, but the good news is you can't do anything to lose God's grace.
God's love is like a waterfall. It just consistently loves. You can get out of the way of it, but you can't stop it. That's the love of God. And the eagle knows how to give in to the wind, to allow itself to be propelled to higher levels. And I believe even this morning, God is elevating some of our understanding that you don't have to work to be perfect. You don't have to work to be loved. You don't have to work to receive God's grace. You just have to understand that your dependence on him is what brings you into that reality. The Bible says this in Philippians, I can do all things through. When, when an eagle strives, it dies. When an eagle soars, it gets above everything and everyone else. I'm gonna tell you, when a believer strives, they die. But when a believer learns to trust and rely on God, not as a last resort, but as a first response, God begins to elevate them to different levels. Eagles, they not only use the wind to their advantage and opposition to their advantage, but they see what others can't see. Eagles have incredible eyesight. Eagles have the ability to see a rabbit from the sky two miles away. Think about that, two miles away. Not only do they have the ability to identify that that's a rabbit, two miles away, but they also have the tenacity and the determination to track that rabbit, follow that rabbit, swoop down out of the sky, and have, have rabbit. <laughs> Be careful, all you vegetarians out there. But it's, you know, it's just nature. Uh, this is what I think is really interesting is that for many of us, we love vision. We talk about vision. We know without vision, the people perish. We know it. And, and so we have all kinds of vision. I got vision for this and I got vision for that. I got a dream for this and a dream for that. I'm going to tell you this. Those things are so powerful and they are amazing, but they were not meant to stop there. Potential is only cute when you're 15, not when you're 55. You got the potential to have a full-time job. That's okay when I'm 15. It is not okay when I'm 55. Potential has to step into reality at some point. And I'm going to tell you, vision will, will, will disappoint you if the vision is always something you see and never something you attain. The eagle has the ability to not just see something, but also to apprehend it. And what God wants to do in his people is give them more than just a dream, more than just a fantasy, more than just vision. The reason that God would give you vision is because he has already prepackaged you with everything you need to accomplish that vision. God's not trying to tease you. God's not trying to trick you. God's not trying to wave a carrot in front of your head so that you will run after him. God has given you a vision because he's also empowered you to accomplish it. That's, that's what I love when I was looking at the eagle. Not only can he see prey, he can apprehend prey. So God didn't give him great eyesight just so he could see. God gave him great eyesight so he could apprehend. The reason God wants to give you great vision is not just so you can see great things. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be so incredible. Someday, day, 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 day. No, the reason God's given you vision is because he's dropped a seed of potential deep down inside your heart. He gave, showed you the vision so that you could have the strength. He gave you, let me say it this way, he gave you the hope so that you could have the strength to accomplish what he has 
shown you, not only do eagles see, but they will not break their focus until they capture their prey. I'm going to tell you this, as a believer, as a leader, as a business owner, you have to have more than just vision. You have got to have the determination to fixate your eyes on that vision and not let up till it comes to pass. I'm telling you, we need more determination in the house of God. People that will pray for more than three minutes. People that will believe God for more than three days. I'm talking about God's shown me something and I'm going after it. God showed us something about church 1132 and we're going after it. We're not stopping. We're not slowing down. We're not waiting. Wherever there's a need, we'll have a campus. Wherever there's a need, we're going to meet it. We're going to be everything that God's called us to be. We don't just have a vision. We have determination to see the vision fulfilled. It's different than just seeing it. Eagles, they can see what others can. And eagles, and I love this one, eagles welcome storms. They welcome storms. I was reading about this one. Um, he's, he's a real eagle lover. I didn't even know these, these people existed, but he's, he's devoted his life to studying eagles. Noble noble job. And um, so anyways, I, I read a lot of his, his research on eagles and they were actually studying like the emotions of an eagle. Like how they did that, I don't know, maybe like drones or something. But it, they, said, they said eagles will actually get excited. They, they, will get, they, they will get happy when they see storms coming. Interesting. That they'll actually, they said that they could gauge the excitement of an eagle. The eagles would gather together. They'd band together. It's like, it's party time. A tornado's coming. It's like, I don't know. Tornado siren. All the eagles are like, yeah. Um, it, but they would actually get excited about the storm. And this is the reason why. As storms are forming, they are creating wind currents from the thermal changes in the earth and the patterns of the, that it will actually be able to propel them higher than they've ever been before. And there is a place above every storm where there is peace. And if the storm doesn't form, they would never get to the altitude where they could experience that peace. But the storm actually makes it possible for them to get above. Have you ever been flying in an airplane? You take off and it's stormy outside, it's cloudy, and then you break through the clouds? It's sunny. It looks like snow, but it's clouds. It's like, this is beautiful. The sun, the colors. And then when you land, you come back through the clouds. It's like, wait, it's stormy? I didn't even know because up above it, can I tell you God's plan for you is to get above is to get above whatever challenge you're going through, to get above whatever storm you're going through. And this is, this, this is not just true in the natural, this is true in your spiritual life, that there is a place of peace that God has for every believer, and it's called his presence. Because peace is not found in the absence of problems, peace is found in the presence of God. No, all my situations will never just equal peace. I have to find peace inside of me. And that peace is found in a person. And his name is Jesus. And so I have to get into his presence. And if I can get into his presence, I can get above my storm. I can get above the clouds. And everybody say, man, it's crazy storm right now. Man, it's crazy stressful right now. And you're going to be like, it's peaceful up here. Wouldn't that be an incredible witness to our world? That when everyone's feeling the same stress, we would actually have peace? When the whole world is fighting over the political climate of our nation 
in the church of Jesus Christ instead of devouring one another? Uh, got a little quiet in here. I thought, I, I, I thought that might happen. It's, it's all right. We'll just move on quick. Just act like it didn't happen. Uh, it, wouldn't it be better if the church of Jesus Christ was able to get above it to a place of peace? Or let me ask you this. Could it be that the storm we're encountering is actually the thing that's going to lift the church to a place that has never been before? See, we never think about these things. We get mad at the problems. We don't understand that the problem is doing something. We get mad at the culture, but the culture is developing something. We get mad at the climate of our nation, but the climate of our nation is making heat waves that are allowing you to rise to another level. They are elevating the church of Jesus Christ. They are elevating men and women of God all over the earth as they get above their problems, and everyone says, that should have taken you out. And you say, yeah, it could have, but I rose above it because the heat from the problem allowed me to rise above the problem. James chapter 1 in the message translation, it says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges, let me just say it this way, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when storms come from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Ooh, that's, I gotta leave that one alone. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I want you to know there is a place above every single storm that you can get to that is peaceful. Chaotic in your family, but there's a peaceful place in God. Chaotic in your future, but there's a peaceful place in God. Chaotic on your social media, but there's a peaceful place in God, chaotic in your parenting, but there's a peaceful place. That's the lesson of the eagle, is that you can get above anything. You let the storm propel you. James says it's what is happening in, your, in the problems and in the stresses of life that is developing something in you. Eagles, not only do they welcome storms, eagles make sacrifices. They make sacrifices. Now, I didn't know this, but when I was reading this eagle lover, he was informing me that, that eagles actually go through a midlife crisis. That eagles at 40 years old, they have a choice. About 40 years old, they have a choice to recreate themselves or die. Literally, they will isolate themselves in a cave and they will break off their beak and they will rip off their talons and if they do not do that, they will not regenerate. But if they go through the pain of the process, those things will regenerate and they will live another 30 years. A eagle that will go through the process lives about 70 years. An eagle that will not lives about 40. And it's usually their choice they subject themselves to the pain, they go through the process, and they go through five months of pain and five months of isolation for 30 more years of life and soaring. There's like a lot of ways you could go with this, but I'm just gonna tell you this, is that God's plan for you 
is to continue to accelerate you. The Bible says this, the, the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former, which means that God has taken us from glory to glory, from strength to strength. But in order to increase, in order to move forward, there are some sacrifices that we have to make. Now this is really interesting. I was reading in Psalms and I came across this and I've read it a hundred times, but this time it's a little bit different in light of the eagle's midlife crisis. Read this, Psalm 103, verse two, it says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I thought that was like, he just like gets a burst of energy. He got renewed, like your youth is renewed. No, his youth is, what this is speaking about is the midlife crisis of an eagle where an eagle decides that what got me here is not gonna get me there. So I'm gonna go through the process of removing what I used to have so that I can step in what I'm supposed to have. It sounds like what Paul said to the Philippians when he said, I gotta forget what is behind and I gotta strain towards what is ahead. It sounds to me like Hebrews chapter 12 that says throw off the sin that so easily entangles and anything that hinders you or encumbers you, get it off, take it off. This sounds like my Bible when it says that in order to move forward, there are some things that I might have to cut off. And the problem with most of us is the older we get, the less we change. And if you don't change, you will die. And if you don't change, the people around you will suffer. If the eagle doesn't go through the pain of change, it will die. But if it subjects itself to a process, it will live. Do you know why churches die? Because people can't change. That's it. Churches die because people can't change. People get mad. Church grows because we're reaching more people and more people are getting saved. But then pastor can't go to dinner with everybody in, on the entire church. And we're mad about it. But 400 people gave their life to Jesus. Now you're going to have to change. You're going to have to change. The, you know why marriages die? People don't change. Oh, I've been working on her for 12 years and she just won't change. No, you change, sir. That could, that could be the problem, is that you've been counting down the days for her to change, but you had not changed anything. You might need to go to a cave by yourself for a couple days and knock that beak off. Work on those talons so that you can fly again. Listen, God is wanting to take you deeper. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are in front of you. But it's going to require change. It is going to require sacrifice. It is going to require commitment. It is going to require a forgetting of what is behind and a straining towards what is ahead. The last one, and this one is my favorite, is the eagles are committed to the skies. They're committed to the skies. When I was reading these articles about the eagle, it's like, obviously a lot of people found the eagle very, um, they really enjoyed studying the eagle. Yeah, so I learned all kinds of things. And, and, but you know, some of these things I just was thinking about, and it, it was so interesting, because the eagle, the way the, the way the eagle mommy takes care of the eagle babies, which are called eaglets, by the way. <laughs> found that out. Isn't that cute? Eaglets. When, when, when they hatch and they're in the nest, the nest is constructed of sticks and thorns. 
It's, it's, not, a, it's not a welcome sight. Literally, the nest is so big and they, they make it so sharp that predators can't get into the nest. That they, would, they would actually like poke themselves or it would be painful for them to try to get to the baby eagles, the eaglets in the nest. And then the mom will lay grass and moss all around the sharp edges in the nest to make sure that the nest is comfortable for the eaglets, but it's a protective layer for the predator. So predators can't get in, but it's comfort there because she's put the grass and the moss. But as they begin to get older, this is just wild. This is not a parenting tip, okay? This is nature. This is just, I'm not, don't, don't quote me on that. They will take the baby eagle and they will fly high into the air. Yeah, that's true. Someone's like, no. And then she'll drop it. And the eagle's like, you know what I mean? It's just, there he goes. And, and, and they have to fly. And, and, and they will return to the nest. They'll fall in that soft bed of grass and moss. And over and over again, they will do this. But the eagle mother gradually will begin to remove the grass and the moss, so that every time that the baby eaglet falls, it will be less comfortable, until the pain is so great that they refuse to fall in the nest again, and they stretch out their wings. And then the eagle recognizes that the nest was not my home, the sky is my home. That I was not designed to live here in this nest. God has another level, a higher level, a better level for me to live on. And I would propose to you that the same exact thing happens in our walk with Jesus is there are moments and times that we get so comfortable and we won't grow beyond the place that we're in because it's comfortable. We don't want to change because it's comfortable. It's safe. And life will throw us into the sky and we'll flap our awkward wings, but we always come back to what's safe. And then God in his love and God in his grace starts removing the moss. And next time you go to that comfortable place, it's Ah, not so comfortable. Oh, why am I going through this pain? Something I used to love, now it hurts. A place I used to enjoy. A dream that I had that I attained and now it's not fulfilling anymore because God loves you too much to let you settle too low. He, he loves you too much for you to settle in a place that you were not destined to live at. And comfort will get in the way of your calling and comfort will get in the way of your destiny. Not because God wants you to be uncomfortable. He just doesn't want you to get comfortable at too low of an altitude because God knows what he put in you. He knows what he designed you for. He knows the, the gifts. He knows the skills. He knows the talents that he prepackaged you. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you, before he even formed you in your mother's womb, he prepackaged you with skills, with gifts, with talents, with ability. He knows what's in you. So he's not going to settle. He's not going to let you settle for not flying when he gave you wings 
to fly. He's not going to let you settle for bad relationships, bad friendships, complacent Christian life, spiritually apathetic. He will not let you settle there, not because he's trying to make you uncomfortable, but because he loves you so much that he knows there's more in you, that there's another level, that there's a greater level, that God wants to prosper you and increase you and bless you. What once protected them now provokes them. That's how God grows you. That's how God grows you. The thing that once protected you. Now, this, this is what's the stumbling block for so many believers because it was like, well, this used to work. It worked at that level. But it's not gonna work at every level. This is what I tell church leaders all over the world. What worked at one level is not gonna work at the next level. And if you keep on trying to stay in your comfort zone at that level, you'll die. You won't move forward. You have to be willing to change. You have to be fluid. You have to be sensitive. You've got to be in tune. You've got to take the chance to live life on another level. See, what I pray for you this week is I prayed that nobody, and you're going to be mad at this prayer, but it's out of love, I promise. I prayed that no one would be able to stay, at, stay comfortable at levels that were too low. I don't want you to settle for a bad marriage because that's not what God has designed for you. I want you to learn how to fly above whatever you're going through so that you can have the best that God has for you. I don't want you to settle for a job that just pays the bills but what you're not called to do. And so I want you to be uncomfortable in it. My prayer is that you would be uncomfortable in it because the discomfort is the thing that will provoke you to say, I better try something new. Some of you have gone through job changes and you're like, you're so mad at God that you lost your job. But it was God's love for you. It was, it, was, it was God's love for you to change something that was so mundane and so monotonous and something that you hated, but you had to have it because it just paid the bills. Because God's trying to shift something to get you into a place of your passion and a place of your gifting. That's God's protection. That's God's providence. That's God's love. You just have to be willing to trust him. You know what's wild as I study nature and I study animals is animals trust. They just, it just works. It's the, it's the system. It's the way. They just trust. The Bible talks all about it. That the birds of the air are fed by God. They never worry about their food. They never worry about what to wear. They never worry about provision because God provides for them. He's faithful. That's the God we serve. He loves you. He's going to provide for you. And he loves you too much to let you settle too low. And I'm going to tell you this. It is time to fly. It's time to be uncomfortable. It's time to stretch our wings out. It's time to stop striving and start soaring. I'm telling you, God's trying to elevate your family and your life to another level. But it starts with just trusting him. It starts with trusting what he gave you. It starts with putting your focus on him and eyes on him and saying, okay, if you dropped me from here, you must know that I could fly. God would never drop you if you couldn't fly. God would never drop you to hurt you. God would never drop you to kill you. God, God's only dropping you to show you what's in you. I want to close. I don't know if you can sense. I sense the presence of God today. I never thought I'd sense the presence of God talking about animals, but I, I do. I was like, man, really? Animals? I think God's trying to like heal me or something. My kids are going to want a pet someday, so I guess God's like starting the process. 
Pastor Keon already caved. He, he got a dog. I, I, really, I really believe this is we can take something in nature like an eagle, but God can speak right through it. Speak right into your life and right into your situation. And I don't know what it is for you, but the, the one I would like to focus on as we close is that God wants to bring us to a place where we get excited about storms, which sounds so crazy, right? It's just so counterintuitive that we get excited about opposition. But if you understand what opposition can do for you, the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my life in leadership came out of storms. The greatest lessons I ever learned in my marriage came out of storms. The greatest lessons I've ever learned in parenting have come out of storms. The, gr the greatest lessons I've ever learned out of financial stewardship came out of storm. Everything, because when things are good, you don't learn, because things are good. So you have to package the storm to serve you. Don't let the storm take you out. Make the storm serve you. Make the storms, so when you come out, you're like, oh, yeah. The storm thought it had me, but I learned from this. I'm better, I'm stronger, I can fly higher. You'll, you'll be able to get to heights in God that you would never get to if you were always in a place of peace. And I'm gonna tell you one more time, is that peace is not found in a succession of peaceful events or peaceful situations. Peace is only found in here, connected to God. It's the only place that you can find real peace. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.